You're listening to a Philly Sports Nation production, enhancing your Philly sports experience. What's going on, Eagles Nation? Welcome to the latest Birds Banter podcast presented to you by PHLSportsNation.com and sponsored by Anchor. This is your host, Matt Lupe, and we're here to talk about a great win against the uh, the New York Giants Monday Night Football. And we're officially into the holiday season, but the NFC East has been this holiday mindset throughout the past couple of weeks because the Eagles and the Giants are, or Eagles and the Cowboys, I'm sorry, are just gifting the division back and forth to each other trying to hand it to them, um, pretty much wrapped up, ready to run away with it. But nobody's taking the opportunity until the Eagles finally tied it up in the division. Um, they're tied in first place with the Cowboys. But before we get into the game, I have two guest speakers today, um, Bryn Schwartz and Cody Schwartz. How are you guys doing today? What's up, Matt? How's it going? Hey, Good. Matt, I'm excited to be on your podcast. And, man, I am so glad that we're talking the day after a win and not the day after a loss. Yeah, it was definitely... A great game. Um, so glad we got to see Carson Wentz and the Eagles pulled off against the Giants um, in overtime, especially. We got a lot of key performances from the team. And when the game was starting, uh, the odds were stacked against the Eagles' favor. They had key players like Jordan Howard, Nelson Aguilar, Kamugur J. Hill, Derek Barnett out for the game. They missed out on Alshon Jeffrey for almost the entire game. Um, there was poor weather conditions and the game just started slow. Uh, the Eagles defense were just kind of playing well in the first quarter. Eagles offense couldn't get it together. And then all of a sudden in the second quarter, the Giants start pulling away with the, with the game and the Eagles fans just booing the Eagles offense off the field constantly. But then coming out of the gates at halftime, the Eagles came out firing, started a little bit slow. I think they went out uh, their first two drives, but then after that, they came out firing, end up tying the game up and then took it to overtime, end up winning with that Zach Ertz touchdown pass. But um, all in all, with the season on the line, the odds are stacked against them. They had poor playing conditions, um, and the Eagles finally found a rhythm in the second half, and they won this game in overtime 23-17. to So, Cody, I'm going to ask you, how confident are you that the energy and rhythm can carry over into a potential late-season playoff push? Um. I would consider myself to be cautiously optimistic at this point. So, you know, the Eagles, technically, they beat a 2-10 Giants team by six points in overtime, which in itself is not too impressive. Now, if you look at the way the Eagles played in the first half of that game, even as late as like a minute and a half left in the third quarter, they're down 17-3. to They went on a 20 to nothing win. They won that game in overtime. Carson Wentz had two huge drives. And I think momentum is a real thing. And the Eagles head into a pretty winnable game against Washington. Then they have the Giants again in Week 17. And in between, you have a huge matchup against Dallas, which very likely will determine the division. So it doesn't get any better than that. So, yeah, I'm going to consider myself cautiously optimistic. And I think there's a real good chance that we'll be hosting a playoff game in January. Yeah, it's great that the last three games are coming against NFC East champ or NFC East teams. So uh, they have a perfect opportunity to step up and make it happen, especially in that Cowboys game. Um, Bryn, where's your head at with uh, the way the Eagles are going to finish the season? 
Yeah, you know, I don't know. I really don't. I mean, I guess I'm like what Cody said. I'm cautiously optimistic. I'm, I'm relishing in the win right now. But the facts are that the Eagles have not won more than two games in a row all season. And essentially, we're asking them to double that winning streak to end the season. Now, the schedule couldn't be easier. Then again, they just played consecutive teams with two wins. And they lost the one. And they needed overtime to beat the other. I think yesterday was a great win when you consider all the injuries. But if I'm being honest, do I think this team can beat Dallas with the division on the line? No, I don't. Then again, Dallas fans can't be too confident in their team right now. So I guess we got to take it one game at a time. And right now, I'm just happy that the Eagles have to be feeling confident after yesterday. And they do get a pretty bad Washington team next week. Yeah, it's going to be super interesting because both teams are struggling, both Eagles and Cowboys. We saw the Cowboys lose to the Bears in Thursday Night Football. And um, it, like I said earlier in the podcast, it just keeps going back and forth week by week um, the Cowboys have an opportunity then they blow it the Eagles have have an opportunity then they blow it and it seems like all season the Eagles fans just keep looking back hey if we would have beat the Seahawks the Patriots the Dolphins we'd be in a really good situation right now but the team just couldn't pull it together then so at some points you have to question are they going to pull it together at the end of the season but I think this win right now is super important to carry that momentum in um, they have games against all division opponents so the rivalry is there. They know what the ramifications are of those games. They're going to have Dallas at home, which I think is really important. But um, going back to the game against the Giants, I mean, like I said before, the odds are stacked against them. And one of the most Im- impressive parts of that game was the wide receiver situation because they only had three wide receivers able to dress. They had Alshon Jeffrey, J.J. Ortega-Whiteside, and Greg Ward. Uh, Nelson Aguilar was hurt. You know, they waved Matt Collins earlier in the week, and all the sudden early into the game Alshon Jeffrey gets hurt and then J.J. Ortega-Whiteside leaves the game late so all of a sudden you only have Greg Ward Um, when you're trying to win a game your only receiver is Greg Ward who was on the practice squad most of the season and then the Eagles and Doug Peterson are you know contemplating bringing Josh McCown in a 40-year-old backup quarterback and um, you know Doug Peterson mentioned today that the Eagles are going to look into bringing someone up from the practice squad but before we get into Um, looking forward about this wide receiver situation how impressive was that that the Eagles came in with three wide receivers and ended up winning the game with just one left on the field yeah Matt you know I've never in my life seen a situation like what the Eagles had at the game at the end of the game yesterday first of all I can't ever remember a team only dressing three wide receivers and then with the way this Eagles season has gone it's just Of course, they lose Alshon Jeffrey, their number one wide receiver, to what we still don't know yet, but is almost definitely a season-ending injury. And then when J.J. Ortega-Whiteside left at the end of the game, at that point, it was like, you've got to be kidding me. I've never seen a team have to go into a situation where they have only one wide receiver. Somehow, the Eagles got it done. I give credit to Carson Wentz right there. That was a quarterback who elevated his teammates, and it didn't matter who he was throwing to, he was going to win that game. Now, I saw the whole thing. Uh, Ruben Franker, was it Dave Zangaro, wrote an article about Josh McCown apparently was planning to play wide receiver. I'm glad we didn't have to see that because I don't need to see our 40-year-old backup quarterback running routes. I'm not exactly sure how that would have worked, but there's just no way that would have ended well. So I think what the Eagles did with even using guys like Joshua Perkins and a lot of Boston Scott, that's just what you had to do 
to survive. And in the end, they did get the win, and that's all that matters. Yeah, definitely. I was lucky to be at the game and you know embrace all of that. But before in pregame warmups, Nate Sudfeld was running a couple of routes. Um, it was just it seemed like a joke at that point. And then um, it seemed like when I got up to my seat, I saw Josh McCown running around a little bit, catching balls too. And although it might seem like they were joking around at the time, uh, it very may well have been a quarterback coming in and trying to catch some passes from Carson Wentz because that's just the state of the wide receiver position throughout the game. And they definitely need to look into adding someone. Um, we just got news a couple hours ago that Alshon Jeffrey is going to be out for the remainder of the year. Um, he has been banged up all year. He had that nagging ankle injury, then a calf injury. Then all of a sudden, early in the game, you know, he's trying to run his route and he says he heard something pop in his foot. So uh, really not good to see out of Alshon Jeffrey. Still need to see what the full diagnosis is on him. But, um, you know, Cody, what do you think uh, the Eagles should do going forward with Alshon Jeffrey missing extended time and really no clear-cut number one wide receiver on this team? You know, it's a tough situation. Howie Roseman, before the season, he added a year to, to Alshon Jeffrey's contract, basically guaranteeing him for 2020. And you also have Deshaun Jackson coming back for 2020. So you have two wide receivers who are very good players when they're healthy, which is the key, who are both scheduled to make a lot of money for next year, and they're both on the wrong side of 30. So, honestly, the thing that I think of with Alshon Jeffrey, if you think of the Brock Osweiler trade the other year where he was basically – his contract was taken on for a draft pick. The Eagles might have to do something like that with Alshon Jeffrey or even take a very low conditional draft pick in return. But just with his injury history and with his, I guess we can say maybe questionable relationship with Carson Wentz, which we keep on hearing a lot about, and now his injury, I just don't know if there's a spot for him on the team next year, which means I think we're going to bring Deshaun Jackson back, which I I'm fine with he doesn't really have a history of missing nearly as many games as he did this year. He's like a 14-game-a-year player, and he does bring an incredible element to the team. But that really means Ortega Whiteside needs to step up next year, and, and Howie Roseman needs to get creative, whether it's signing a guy in free agency. So I think about how uh, Buffalo signed John Brown this year, and I think that they thought they were getting a pretty good player and he's been really consistent for them all year. So the Eagles need to kind of get lucky with someone like that, and then they need to spend, uh, spend some serious draft capital on a receiver. So probably a first-round pick and maybe even another third- or fourth-round pick on a receiver. But Howie Roseman's going to need to get creative because when you have a franchise quarterback like Carson Wentz in his prime, you can't be doing to him what the Eagles did last night. Yeah, I completely agree with you. You need to almost overhaul the position because although – when healthy, they're going to be one of the best groups in the league. We saw that going into week one. Um, everybody's all sort of excited about this wide receiver group. We had Deshaun Jackson, Alshon Jeffrey, Nelson Aguilar, um, draft pick and J.J. Ortega-Whiteside. It was looking really good, but the key is when healthy. Um, Deshaun Jackson played one full game. Um, you can't really count the one against the Bears because he just played one drive. If that, Alshon Jeffrey's been banged up, really didn't really to get his full potential this season because he played about he played 10 games had about 400 yards and four touchdowns and that's not the Alshon Jeffrey that we know and um you know they can stay with Jeffrey and Deshaun Jackson as their number one and two wide receivers for next season but at the same time that's a lot of money for aging wide receivers that probably won't give you the potential um that you want out of receivers in two to three years um they need to make sure that they're getting younger getting cheaper and making sure that they're always surrounding Carson Wentz with those weapons. Um, it's definitely going to be important. And if, if it means 
trying to dump that huge contract with Alshon Jeffrey, then so be it. Um, you just kind of have to bite the bullet, but it's going to be really interesting to see what they do. But on going to the game, going to the defensive side of the ball, it seemed like the Eagles were holding their own uh, for the most part against mostly Saquon Barkley and the uh, Giants offense as a whole. They had a couple big plays, but overall the Eagles defense played pretty well. And uh, among the star performances of the defense, it was Nate Gary, Vinny Curry, Malcolm Jenkins. Um, they all had pretty solid games and led the Eagles defense to a great performance. Uh, Brent, who would you think that stood out to you on the defensive side of the ball and um, really led this team to a great win? Yeah, Matt, I'd say it's pretty much who you said. Um, I, I was looking at the pro football focus grades for this game. I think Avante Maddox also had a pretty good game. Um, Sidney Jones had a pretty crucial knockdown. I, I wouldn't say this was a game where the Eagles had any particular player turn in like a Aaron Donald or J.J. Watt performance. I just think this was a nice team win. And I think the most underrated aspect of the entire game from yesterday is that the Eagles did not allow Eli Manning and the Giants to score any points in not only the last 30 minutes of the game, but then overtime included. So the Giants had all 17 points in the first half, and and it was basically just the two big plays to Darius Slayton. And man, he sure burned Ronald Darby on those plays. But overall, I think the Eagles defense did a really nice job, and this was just a really good team effort and I want to give a lot of credit to Jim Schwartz for how he adjusted in the second half yeah definitely I mean the Eagles were banged up they were missing their starting linebackers starting defensive end and although they gave up a couple big plays early on in the game they really held their own in the second half like you said and they didn't even let the uh, the offense didn't let the Eagles defense come back on in overtime which is great Um, you know they didn't have to you know blow the game and um, that would be terrible seeing Eli Manning march down the field and win the game against the Eagles. But uh, anyways, the the defense really played well. But take away those two plays against Ronald Darby, and they played phenomenal. Uh, one thing that was really interesting to me was because since Derek Barnett was going to miss the game, I thought that Jannard Avery was going to get a lot more snaps on the defensive side of the ball because although he hasn't been um, getting a lot of snaps throughout the season as defensive end, <laughs> linebacker, whatever he could be um, in this defensive scheme, but I thought this could be his real big game, um, getting a little bit more snaps because he has been productive in what he's been uh, given so far in the season. So, Cody, what do you think? Um, would you do anything different, you know, throw Avery in a little bit, make an adjustment at corner, um, or did you like to see what Jim Schwartz and the defensive side threw into the game? Well, so the Jannard Avery thing, it's interesting that you bring that up. Um, I don't think he played a snap last night, if I'm remembering correctly. And it's it's a it's a curious decision when Howie Roseman traded for him. I, I believe it was a fourth round pick at midseason. And, you know, we were all thinking Jalen Ramsey or well, Clowney obviously didn't happen or something big like that. And he trades for Jannard Avery, who I knew the name, but I didn't know much about him. And I look him up and I see he kind of fell out of favor in Cleveland. You can look up some of the kind of sabermetric pass rushing stats, and he rates well on a per-snap basis. And then he comes to Philadelphia, and he plays three snaps in the first game, and he does get that half a sack. But then he plays ten snaps, then two snaps, and five snaps. He's not playing in Philadelphia. He's he's basically he's a, he's barely even a role player. And now the Eagles do have him for two more years, but it was a really curious trade by Howie Roseman. I'm wondering, I mean, this is two straight years that Howie Roseman made a, a midseason trade that Golden Tate and now Jannard Avery, that's certainly not paying dividends. Now, we do have Avery for two more years, but um, 
I guess that's a situation to monitor going forward. Maybe, you know, Vinnie Curry probably won't be back next year. Maybe Jannard Avery will take a bigger role going forward. But, um, yeah, that's that's certainly an odd one. Yeah, I mean, I was really confused when I didn't see him on the field. I mean, special teams, he's definitely getting the snaps that he deserves. But that's still not enough, in my opinion, because although he's not going to be the starting defensive end, um, it's not like the Eagles expected him to be that. You know, they have their starting ends in Barnett and Brandon Graham, but I was really confused why they would always put Vinny Curry into the game and never Jannard Avery, but Vinny Curry did prove me wrong. Um, I think he had his best game this season so far. He was getting in a lot of pressure on Eli Manning, which was great to see, but even though uh, even that happened, I think Jannard Avery should have got a little bit more, but I mean... There's not too much to complain about because the Eagles did, you know, you know, find their rhythm on defense and held the Giants to no points in the second half, which is great to see. But going back, um, Brand, you mentioned the Ronald Darby touchdown uh, let ups. You know, he gave up two touchdowns, had a really rough game. It was just burnt straight up on both of those routes. And the Eagles have a lot of capable cornerbacks on the team. Uh, we'll get into Sidney Jones a little bit later, but. You have Craven LeBlanc. You could move uh, Russell Douglas over there. You could, you know, give some safety help over the top. But Jim Schwartz didn't make any adjustments in the first half. He kept Ronald Darby out on the field, end up getting burnt a second time. Is that a confusing situation to you, or would you do something different? Yeah, I mean, that's just kind of what you get from Jim Schwartz. He knows what he likes, and, I mean, he has a love affair with Jalen Mills and the Eagles brought back Ronald Darby, and he's been a big disappointment since they traded a third-round pick for him before 2017, and and they keep playing him. And I don't know. I kind of look at the Eagles' cornerback situation. Like, going into the year, there was, like, six guys who we thought would be significant contributors, but I kind of look at it as the baseball pitching equivalent of having five number three starters. So it's mm-hmm. nice— but you don't have an ace. And I don't think the Eagles have anything close to a number one cornerback. I think the missing on Sidney Jones as a draft pick is, I mean, he had a nice play yesterday, but that's one play. That's less than 1% of his career. I don't think they're all of a sudden going to start playing him a lot more. And I think the Sidney Jones draft pick is if the Eagles continue their downward spiral over the next few years, as they have been since the Super Bowl season, I think that's the one that we're going to look back on and be the most frustrated by because he was supposed to be the best cornerback in the draft, and he's not even playing for a team that doesn't have good cornerbacks. So that's just the position where the Eagles basically, almost like wide receiver, just need to start over at. Yeah, that's a perfect transition. Um, I will to talk about Sidney Jones a little bit because he seemed like he just fell out of favor with the Eagles. He's shown glimpse of solid play last year, a little bit this year, but uh, Ronald Darby, Jalen Mills, they get back on the field. They're healthy and ready to go in 2019, and Sidney Jones is the odd man out. He was inactive for a couple of games, but against the Giants, he was on the active roster, and um, Cody, he was stepped in for one play, and he he made it happen. He got the Eagles off the field on third down with a pass deflection. Uh, do you think that changes his role with the team at all? Do you think they're going to activate him anymore, or is he still going to be limited role at, uh, going forward with the team? So to be honest, um, it was a great play. I mean, it's obviously so similar to Craig James. You think about that, the Green Bay game mm-hmm. earlier in the year. Craig James comes in one play, uh, saves the game, and Sidney Jones also played one play and made a huge play. 
Um, do I think it changes his role? No, I don't think it does anything for his role, to be honest. I mean, he didn't play a snap against New England and Seattle, and the Eagles' defense was really good in those two games. Um, he was a 2017 draft pick, so you know, by virtue of that, he's got a four-year rookie deal, which means he is eligible to come back next year on his rookie contract if the Eagles want him back. Um, but I think at this point, you have to consider him to be a guy who's still going to be battling for even a spot on the team next year. So, no, I, I think it was a great play. We'll take it. But going forward, I really don't think it changes much. Um, I think Sidney Jones might benefit from a change of scenery. So I think about a guy like uh, Gary and Conley. Oakland picked him in the first round, uh, 2018, I believe. And he was struggling there. They traded him to Houston. All of a sudden, he's doing really well with Houston. Or... Marcus Peters, who didn't quite fit with the Rams, and now he's in the Ravens, and he's killing it. So I don't know if that's what the Eagles need with Sidney Jones. Any Anything they can get for him would be great. But at this point, I just don't see it happening with him in Philadelphia. Yeah, I completely agree with you. Although that's a great play, and he got the Eagles off the field, helped them win the game. It's just not enough. Um, he's made so many mistakes that that one good play is not going to overcome everything, no matter what happened, because they still have a lot of capable corners on this team, like I mentioned. City Jones isn't going to step in over every single one when he was 6th or 7th on the depth chart. Um, and although, like Bryn said, he was projected to be the best corner in that draft class if he didn't get hurt in his pro day. Um, although he has all the skill in the world, he showed a lot of promise at Washington. It was an experience. I, I mean, experience, ex- experiment, sorry. Um, he... You know, towards Achilles, he sat out almost the entire 2017 season. He played one game and then sat out for the playoffs. And um, there was a lot of hype around him. And then he steps in 2018. Everybody is talking about him. Doesn't make it happen. 2019 hasn't make it, made it happen. And I think you just need to walk away from it. Um, Howie Roseman shows a lot of, um, you know, praise to his draft picks. He wants to keep them around and show that they have potential. And he doesn't really want to cut ties with the guys that he brought in to the team through the draft, but I think you just need to cut ties with him because he's been hurting the team and he's just not useful anymore. Um, going over to the offseason, I think he's definitely a move that they need to make. Um, Brent, do you agree with us? Do you think Cindy Jones is going to be on the way out or would you hold him around for his fourth year of the contract? I mean, he's not making a lot of money. He signed for one more year. I think they're going to do everything. I mean, general managers don't like to admit their mistakes. They're gonna keep. They're gonna keep him on the team next year. I mean, I don't think they should cut him, and I don't really think there's any point in trading him for a sixth round draft pick or whatever. I think give him another year and see if anything happens. But do I think it's going to? No, I don't. I mean, I think we've seen a large enough sample size with Sidney Jones. At first, we kept, you know, hoping maybe it was just the injuries, but no, I just don't think he's good at football. And unfortunately, this is a draft pick that I think is really going to hurt the Eagles. Yeah, definitely missed on that one. And the cornerback position is definitely going to be one to monitor with Ronald Darby, Jalen Mills, Rasul Douglas, all coming up on expiring deals. City Jones, one more year. Craven LeBlanc, one more year after this one. So it's going to be interesting to see what they're going to do because they're going to probably have to look to the draft to rebuild this position just like the wide receiver position. Going back to the offensive side of the ball, Zach Ertz and Boston Scott were the biggest weapons on offense you know the Eagles week one you would never think that Boston Scott would be mentioned um, a lot during a game because they have Jordan Howard Deshaun Jackson and all these playmakers but injuries happen to the team and they're decimated but the Eagles offense still made it work Um, the Doug Peterson and the offense 
really made a lot of adjustments at half to deal with a short of shortage of offensive players because they had so many injuries to deal with. They had Lane Johnson going out, and I don't know how many times the Eagles lose when they lose a key offensive lineman, but it's a lot. And as soon as he went down, I was starting to lose hope because it's so hard for the Eagles' offense to function without um, Lane Johnson or any other big offensive lineman like Brandon Brooks or Jason Kelsey. So it was great to see that they overcame that. But Ertz will continue to have a great year. There's no question about that. Um, Cody, do you think um, that this statement gained by Boston Scott leads to him to a bigger role with this offense going forward? I mean, it's gotta, it's it's gotta lead to a bigger role. Although, you know, it's interesting. All I can think about with this is Corey Clement in the Super Bowl, who just had a great game, 100 receiving yards and that touchdown catch, and we basically haven't heard from him since. Now he's had injuries and all that, but I think Boston Scott is going to have every available opportunity. I mean, he had what 122 scrimmage yards after halftime he was the focal point of the Eagles passing game down the stretch I mean the the 25 yard run that he had in overtime put them in great field position he's he's a short guy who runs even shorter than he is and he's so quick and so speedy it's it's honestly hard to believe that the Eagles haven't found a way to use him um, before last night, but when you think about the fact that Jordan Howard has now missed four straight games and Miles Sanders is a rookie, Boston Scott has every opportunity there. So if he continues to even play close to as well as he did last night, he's going to have a big role in this team going forward, and I'm excited for him. Yeah, he looks really good, and you mentioned his speed, but he ran with a lot. He ran with a lot of power too. He, he got a couple goal line carries. His touchdown was a goal line carry and he ran right up through the offense and defensive line and got into the end zone Uh, I think he's going to be a great player I hope they continue to develop him and give him more looks because honestly it does seem like another Corey Clement situation he just comes out of nowhere has a great performance but I hope it you know continues to grow upon it itself because the Eagles are going to be without Darren's roles next year because he's you know he was trying to come back after the Super Bowl uh, win and know get his own ring win his own super bowl but he just got hurt in 2018 he got hurt this year i think he's finally going to call it a career it's definitely time to do do so Uh, boston scott needs to fill that role and if he can you know continue to be great uh, i think that's going to be huge for the team um brand i think it was you that tweeted uh it was pretty funny you said i think the next time jordan howard's going to play was what week 13 of 2024 um just goes to show how much the Eagles are struggling with these injuries and struggling to diagnose these injuries. Do you think Boston Scott can help this Eagles running group um, even without Jordan Howard if he misses a couple more games? Yeah, I mean, you know, the thing with Jordan Howard that's so frustrating is I think we were initially told day to day and then we hear it's a stinger and it's been like, has it been four games plus there was the bye week and there's no no indication that he's remotely close to coming back. It's just so frustrating. But yeah, the thing about Boston Scott, you know, yesterday he was the feature back, but the Eagles don't need him to be the feature back. They just need him to be a rotational piece and he can be Darren Sproles. He can be what Corey Clement should have been. And if he can touch the ball seven times per game and, you know, make a couple of nice plays, then that's all the Eagles are going to ask going forward. They're not going to ask him to touch the ball as much as he did yesterday. I don't think he could sustain that, but this is a guy who was drafted. He was a sixth-round pick by the New Orleans Saints, and for whatever reason, it didn't work out there, and 
he's had a few moments earlier this year. He did have a touchdown. He's had some touches. But, yeah, yesterday, I just don't think there's any way that the Eagles, when they're watching film from this game, are going to look at him and say anything other than, man, we need to get this guy more touches because he looked awesome. I don't think the Eagles win the game yesterday without Boston Scott. And just imagine hearing that two months ago. So, yeah, the Eagles definitely have a new weapon in their backfield. Yeah, 100%. Um, Boston Scott was snatched off the Saints practice squad. I believe it was week 14 of last season and didn't really do much. I think it was when they played the Jets this year um, in garbage time. Boston Scott was given a couple of carries with Josh McCown in there. And he was getting pretty good runs, but no one really bought into it just because it's garbage time. Um, he's running against maybe not the Jets starters and you know their defense was just getting banged up all game. But now he finally got the role that he deserved with the team with Howard Hurt. And, you know, the rain definitely didn't help the passing game at all. Um, And he really played well. He led the team in rushing yards. Um, He was second in receiving yards. So he had a huge role. But like you said, Bryn, he doesn't need to be the lead guy every single game. They still have Miles Sanders. Hopefully Jordan Howard will come back. But um, if he's going to be out for... You know, another game or two. JJ is still on the team. I know he doesn't look like he did two years ago, but there might be something there with him. He only got two carries against the Giants. If he gets a little bit more, I think JJ can start getting into a rhythm. It doesn't have to be five yards per carry. They don't need that out of him because they have Scott and Sanders to carry the load, but they still have three capable running backs in that group to take the load. Um, take pressure off of Carson Wentz and that's got to be something that needs to be emphasized going into the season because Carson Wentz is finally going into his full potential. Um, he had a great game, one of the best games of his career. And the player of the game, in my opinion, has to be Carson Wentz. He stepped up tremendously in that second half in overtime. He led the team to a victory. And without a playoff appearance yet, um, Cody, how do you think this game was important to um, to win and boost his confidence and motivation toward rallying the team together to get that playoff experience. It was so, so important. I mean, I think the phrase signature win is an overrated term because I don't think a quarterback needs to have a signature win when he's been a very good quarterback for four years now. But everyone said that Carson Wentz beating Green Bay earlier this year was his signature win, and he played really well in that game. But he also only threw for 160 yards, and the running game had a huge role in that, and the defense came up strong at the end. Now, obviously, Carson Wentz did have the three touchdown passes, but last night, we saw Carson Wentz get the ball 85 yards away, and the Eagles needed a touchdown, and he took them right down the field, and he's throwing to guys. Joshua Perkins, the third-string tight end, who is pretty much forced to play out wide as a wide receiver, and Greg Ward, who is fortunate to be on the team, ended up at the end of the game was the only active wide receiver and Lane Johnson in the, the the numbers for Carson Wentz when Lane Johnson is not playing are alarming and Carson Wentz took all of that and he threw it aside and he took the Eagles on an 85 yard touchdown drive to tie the game and then a 75 yard touchdown drive to win the game and it was just it was huge it was something Carson Wentz needed we needed it as Eagles fans the city of Philadelphia needed it and it was just it was such a turn of events from five minutes left in the third quarter to what we saw at the end of the game, it was just monumental. Yeah, he made a huge statement because the past couple of weeks when the Eagles are struggling, a lot of fans somehow are um, calling for the Eagles to 
just lose out, try to get a high draft pick, um, try to just rebuild the entire team. But what all, a lot of people don't understand is the Eagles have um, a lot of key players that they're going to keep around. The whole offensive line is under contract. Carson Wentz is under contract. Their their core pieces are there, and they're ready to go. I know that the cornerback, the wide receiver group, they have to get overhauled a little, little bit. But as long as Carson Wentz is at the quarterback position, you're going to have a chance. And I think just calling for the Eagles to start losing is so overrated because uh, the the importance for Carson Wentz to get into the playoffs is huge. I mentioned this in my last podcast. If When Carson Wentz was drafted, I wouldn't believe you if you said that he wasn't going to have a playoff appearance in four years. And right now, they're tied for first place in the NFC East. If they don't um, win their next couple of games, then he might not get that appearance this year. And that would just be absurd to me. I know he his uh, seasons were cut short to injury the past two years. But, um, Bryn, what do you have to say about the fans who were kind of counting him out, doubting Carson Wentz, and then he came out and made this statement when putting the Eagles in a pretty good position to try to make the playoffs now? Yeah, Matt, you know, I was doubting Carson Wentz. I thought that he was probably the best quarterback in football in 2017. And in 2018, it was it felt like it was easy to just kind of write it off as a lost season because of the ACL and then the back injury. And then this year, uh, you just you see him miss a lot of throws. I remember tweeting early in the game yesterday that I've never seen a quarterback struggle so much on short throws. So just Carson mm-hmm. Wentz is a very confidence-driven quarterback. And like Cody was saying, just this win was just monumental because Wentz, I believe, is statistically, I think he's been the worst quarterback in football among active quarterbacks at fourth quarter comebacks. I think this was his fifth in his career. It's literally been like one a year. And this was the first one where it was a picture-perfect game-winning drive at the end, and then he also had to do it again in overtime. And I don't know if the Eagles are going to make the playoffs, but uh, the, the people who want the team to lose out, I would I will never take losses for a draft pick six spots higher. I think winning is always the answer. You want to win. You want to get playoff experience. Even if you guaranteed me that the Eagles would lose in the playoffs, I would still have them make the playoffs over losing out just to get a better draft pick. And, and you just you just have to hope that yesterday was the start of something special and that they can just flip the switch the way they did at the end of the 2018 season. Yeah, I think we saw a completely different Carson Wentz last night against the Giants um, because he understood the offense that he was going to have to run that that game. He didn't have um, Alshon Jeffrey, Nelson Aguilar for most of the game, and he was dealing with receivers that he wasn't throwing to most of the offseason, most of the season. Greg Ward wasn't even with the team most of the time. Uh, Joshua Perkins, another name that comes to mind, and he had to try to lead them to victory, and you can only rely on Zach Ertz and J.J. Ortega-Whiteside so much um, because it's so easy for a defense to take away one player. I know Ertz had a phenomenal game, but um, Wentz still had to spread the ball out. And I think it's very tough for him to try to adjust his game plan to that because he's a very confident quarterback and he wants to make the big plays happen. A lot of people have seen that. he's doesn't really have the deep threat the entire year, but he's always trying to go downfield, make it happen, extend plays. But the offense just isn't primed to do that this season with the injuries. But I think Carson Wentz played a lot better. I know he took a couple of unnecessary
30 sacks when he could have just thrown the ball away. But I think he threw the checkdowns when he needed to. He hit most of them. Um, when he had something downfield, he took it. He wasn't careless with the ball. Um, that fumble that he had was, I, I really couldn't see it from where I was sitting with the um, the Jumbotron. It just, I didn't really see the, the right angle. But the fumble that he ended up losing was on a fourth and one, fourth and two to QB sneak. Um, so it's not like that really hurt his game that much because he still had a great game throwing the football. Um, and one more thing about Carson Wentz is when Miles Sanders was asked, what did you see out of Carson Wentz in the second half? He had one one word answer, leadership. And I think that's so important because the team seems so divided this year, um, a little bit last year too. I, we don't know who what player is behind the anonymous um, source saying that Carson Wentz needs to throw more checkdowns. And then uh, we had more drama. You know, people were saying that Nelson Aguilar had a burner account, all this going on. Um, a lot of negative things were said about Carson Wentz. And I think he really stepped up and showed that he could be the leader of this team, um, which is super important because you need Carson Wentz to step up. You need him to have that playoff appearance. And um, going back to what we first talked it's about how confident are you and the Eagles making the playoffs? Um, I want to turn that into another question now, Cody. No, if Carson Wentz has that appearance, um, playoff appearance, even if they lose the first round, do you think we're going to see a car- different Carson Wentz next season? Um, if he gets that appearance, say they lose the first round, but he has the experience under his belt, is he going to be hungry to go back out there and try to run for a Super Bowl next season? Of course, absolutely. Carson Wentz needs to get playoff experience. I mean, we think about when Nick Foles won the Super Bowl for us in 2017. Don't forget, he had actually played in a playoff game four years earlier against New Orleans, and a lot of us forget that, and we lost the game. But Nick Foles actually played really well. I mean, he left with the lead, and the defense couldn't quite hold on. So Carson Wentz, if he finishes year four without ever having actually played in the playoffs. It's going to be incredibly disappointing. So we need we need the Eagles to make the playoffs this year, and we need Carson Wentz to play in the playoffs, just see what it's like. Going, Hopefully he plays well, and it gives him a lot of confidence. But the longer he delays this without having played in the playoffs yet, the longer it kind of becomes something that's hanging over him. So remember how uh, Eli Manning and I guess Matt Ryan for a little bit, and it seems like every young quarterback, if you don't win your first or your second playoff game, it's like, oh, they can't win a playoff game. And sometimes people overreact and it's like, you know, the guy's 0-2. Well, we don't want Carson Wentz to get the year five, year six, and so on without having played in the playoffs. So he needs to get in the playoffs. I think it's going to be huge for him going forward. Yeah, that's super important, and I think last night was a right step in that direction because he showed the leadership ability, he showed the playing ability on the field, and they got it done. I know it probably shouldn't have been going into overtime, but the Eagles end up getting the win. I think that's going to be great for their motivation going forward the next three games this season. Um, so that's all we got for you in this podcast. I'd like to thank Brent and Cody. You guys were awesome. Um, thanks for joining the show. I really enjoyed having you guys on tonight. Hey, Matt, thanks for having us. Big fan of your podcast. Always enjoy it. I really appreciate this. Yeah, Matt, this was a good time. And like Cody and I were saying, let's just hope the Eagles can keep this momentum going. Yeah, definitely. Um, if you guys want to follow Bryn and Cody on Twitter, Bryn is at Eagles Central and Cody is at CB Swartz 5. Those are both great followers on Twitter. Um, they have a lot of Eagles content, a lot of NFL content. So make sure you follow them, check out their stuff. Um, really good stuff from them. And I'm just happy that we all got to have a discussion about an Eagles win. Um, 
there's a lot to consider. I know the Eagles are going into the right direction, but still have to take into account, you know, what they could do better. And I think we touched on a lot of that throughout the podcast. So I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast. Thank you for tuning in. Make sure you subscribe on your favorite platform so you never miss another Birds banter. And as always, go Birds. Awesome. Thanks, Matt. Go Eagles.